Hello and welcome to another edition of the Guardian ID podcast. I'm Zach Martin, editor of the Guardian ID magazine. Today we're speaking with Nico Pop, Vice President for VeriSign's Innovation Group. VeriSign is one of a handful of companies that announced a partnership with the government that will enable individuals to use technology to better access and control information on government websites. But before we delve in, first a word from our sponsor. Picture a unique identity. Imagine that identity turning into one unique credential. Envision using that credential to enter facilities and log on to networks and applications. Diebold's Credential One solution mitigates the complexity and risks of managing multiple identities. Think one credential, multiple uses. Think Diebold Credential One. To learn more, visit www.credentialone.com. VeriSign, Yahoo, PayPal, Google, Equifax, AOL, Axiom, City, Prevo, and Wave Systems are the companies that announced their involvement with the project, a who's who of web companies. These companies will act as digital identity providers using OpenID and information card technologies. The pilot programs are being conducted by the Center for Information Technology, the National Institution of Health, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and related agencies. The participating companies are being certified under open trust frameworks developed under collaboration between the OpenID Foundation and the Information Card Foundation, and then reviewed by the federal government. Thanks for joining us today, Nico. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. Very excited to uh, share our thoughts here. Great. Um, Nico, if we can kind of start out by telling me how this is going to impact your everyday citizen, what's this going to enable them to do that they couldn't do before? Okay, a great question. Let me let me start by putting in into the the, the broader context. You know, uh, the context of uh, the Obama administration and the context of, of being you know uh, Nico as a, as a mere citizen. What does it mean to me? So um, I think you have to go way back to uh, the uh, the Obama's mandate for a more open government, a more participative government. What I think is fascinating here is that. It is clear that this administration sees the web, sees the Internet really as an important medium for participation. So I think the, the, the clear intent here is to enable all the government websites to unleash the government data uh, to enable uh, citizens like you and me to really to get involved with the larger issues, the issues of healthcare, the issue of uh, energy, you know, uh, the issue of education, and to leverage, you know, the the web, the website from the government. Clearly, you have to deal with identity. You have to enable people uh, to come in, to comment, uh, to agree on things, to debate issues, and that's really what what is trying to be achieved here by enabling people to use their everyday identity on these government websites. So that's kind of the, the high level, right? It's an intent, it's this concept of open government, open participation on civic issues uh, by using distributed identity. Now, concretely, what does it mean? Um, I think Chris Messina actually had a, a couple of good examples on that. So one of the, the websites uh, that is going to be part of the pilot is the uh, National uh, Health Institute website. So what can you do on that website? So imagine that you, you, know, you just discovered that you, you had a disease such as cancer and you want to start doing some research. You may want to start doing some research you know, at work. You'd like to save some of these results you know, under your own account. You don't want to register there, right? You don't want to create a new profile. 
uh, you don't want to create a new name and password, so you want to be able to re reuse your, your Open ID, maybe your, your, your Yahoo Open ID, your Verify Open ID, your Google Open ID. And then you want to go home and continue the search and over time you know, add more information. Maybe you want to uh, ask questions you know, within one of the fora to other people uh, that have had uh, such, uh, you know, such uh, disease and, and, and understand the type of treatment they followed. And maybe you want to keep your anonymity. Most likely you want to be anonymous in that process, yet you want to interact. So the idea of being able to interact with all these government resources, all these government websites, while keeping your anonymity and reusing, not having to you know, create new credentials, not having to, re, uh, to register again, uh, that concept of convenience is, is, is really at the center of the discussion. So that, that's one example. And another example for me is, you know, I'm an avid sailor, um, and that's because this is at the government level, but you can see how this can really uh, go from the government to the, to the state uh, as well to the, uh, to, to the cities. There's a clear intent here to have a pilot uh, learn from the pilot and then generalize from the pilot across all the properties. So, you know, so the other example for me, for me on the weekend, I love sailing. Uh, you know, I love going to Angel Island. Uh, you know, I may want to reserve a mooring or a campsite for the kids. Uh, I don't want to register with the Angel Island website, right? I don't want to create another identity. So the ability to use my open ID to do that, you know, in, in, in within a few clicks is, is, is all about convenience. And again, that ability to interact. So I think in terms of uh, this is really what it means for, you know, everyday Joe is that ability of, of in, in, you know, interact with government websites uh, and then really take advantage of, of these resources that are out there. It's, it's more of a convenience factor at this point, not necessarily a, a true, you know, identification aspect or like a transaction kind of basis. Uh, indeed, but I think you, again, uh, you have to put it, if you want to put it in the, in the broader context, I, re, I really, my understanding, you know, having, we, yesterday actually we were in, in Washington, D.C., and we had the opportunity to make uh, uh, Vivek Kundra, the Obama CIO, and ask him this type of question. I think what's very exciting is that there is a deep understanding uh, uh, from the, at the CIO office level that identity is foundational. And it's a foundation for many of the key mandates they have, the key goals they want to accomplish. So you can look at identity first uh, the way I described it, which is uh, enablement, enablement for participation, uh, enablement to unleash the, uh, the, the resources. And that's kind of level one. Uh, and that first level is really uh, an opportunity to learn and, first of all, to train users. You know, users uh, like you and me, we, we are savvy, we understand OpenID, uh, but non-technical users uh, don't know today that they can actually uh, start using uh, the identity that they have at one provider across multiple websites. Right. So the, the first intent there, I think, for them is to, to train the user around something which is uh, fairly seamless and, you know, uh, so around drive uh, to convenience, if you want, and participation and anonymity, anonymity, right? Because there's a lot of concern, you know, there's a lot of learning to do about privacy and trust framework and security. So now, having said that, there, the intent is to go much beyond that. Again, mm -hmm. because uh, if you're looking at other issues, right, so things like healthcare, uh, there was a great uh, speech yesterday. I don't know if you had the chance to, to listen on CNN, but um, it is clear that the new healthcare initiative 
we are, will require uh, cutting costs somewhere. Right. And there's a lot of hopes like that uh, electronic health records, for example, will be a powerful mechanism to reduce these costs. Now, how do you, do, how do you make healthcare, electronic health care records work without identity? Uh, you know, it's very complex ecosystem. I have to interact with my doctor, my physician, my hospital, the pharmacy, the lab, the insurance. Again, it's all about identity, the ability to log across all these resources. But in that case, you know, I want it to, much, to be much more private. I want it to be much more secure. Uh, so you can see that from the learning of low-level assurance, the learning of the sharing, now you have a transition path to deal with higher-value identity to, to do this kind of enablement, right, right. and start you know, using identity as a way to reduce costs. And another example around cost reduction, which is clearly another intent over time, would be, you know, I don't think the government wants to have, you know, they have many websites, they have many agencies, they have many states, they have many cities that have websites they don't want them to, repl- you know, replicate identity system. It doesn't make sense from a cost standpoint. They also deal with multiple external contractors and so on and so forth. So there's a clear cost incentive for them uh, if they can leverage uh, outside identity systems. And then finally, there's the larger issue of security. You know, uh, healthcare already brings this notion of the need for higher-value identity, right? I want to make sure that only Nico can access Nico's health information, that would be stored on the internet. If Nico now wants to vote online, right, at some point in time, there are huge security concerns about that. Uh, you, you need a much stronger level of authentication. You, much, you need a much strong, higher level of identity proofing. Now, how do you get there? Uh, you're not going to get there directly, right? You cannot tackle this problem unless you've, you know, you've been able to deal with of low level of assurance identities. Uh, you've trained the public to use these distributed identities to actually to do things of that are more uh, anonymous uh, and less dangerous in terms of transaction value. To bring the and and once the people are working, right, then they can start running and do things that are more complex. Uh, that require require stronger identity. So to me, that's really the exciting part. I think there's a clear intent to look at identity in a very holistic way, eventually to reach to um, to enable high value and stronger identity. You know, that will protect us against identity theft, among other things, and enable a new type of application. So it's really part of a very very large initiative, and it's a very rational, a very logical approach. And I think that's to me, that's really the exciting context there. No, it doesn't make sense. You know, you put that you know self-asserted identity out there first and get people used to using it, and then eventually you add more to it. There are two things that are, that are very interesting here. First of all is the notion that they need the private sector. Uh, I think there are two reasons they need the private sector. I think first there is so much sensitivity around my identity as, as, as a citizen, right? Uh, uh, do I trust the government with a complete identity at this point in time? It's a new concept, right? So really leveraging external trusted third parties that consumers are accustomed to interact with on the Internet is a very good idea, right, in terms of you know, bringing the, the flow of people and, 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 and bringing the trust to give enough courage to people to experiment, right? Uh, so that's one thing. The second thing is around uh, picking open technologies versus, you know, re-ena- you know creating a new standard, creating a, you know, a government-driven technology or approach basically looking outside in the private sector, uh, in the public, to see what are the technologies that are having traction and that are based on open standards, that are based on open source technology, 
so they can be a multiplicity of providers, uh, I think is, is a very coherent and uh, a very good approach as well. How long is the pilot scheduled to go? Is there an end date? Well, the, the pilot is being announced today, or yesterday was announced yesterday. Uh, should, you know, we are, we're all in beta testing. Uh, they are, uh, we, you know, we're, we're refining, uh, debugging all the interactions. Uh, we believe it should be uh, live to the public around September. Um, it should go for several months. I don't have the exact timeline in mind. It will go for s several months. We will, you know, the intent there is to measure, to really learn about the, uh, get user feedback on the, on, on the user experience, uh, get user feedback in terms of participation and concerns uh, pri around privacy and, and, and security. So it will probably go for, for several months. And, you know, if we are successful in terms of engaging the public, I think what you'll see is a, is a rapid adoption uh, around many other properties uh, across the government. Okay. Do you, and you see this eventually kind of if it, everything goes well and everything's successful going to some sort of maybe higher assurance identity, you know, where it's not just a self-asserted identity, but it's... Uh, a, absolutely. I mean, I think clearly that's the intent. I think this is, this is the crawl, the typical crawl, walk, run exercise. And to me, that's the exciting part, right, because... Identity is about enablement, and to, to, to enable these other forms of interaction, we're going to need to be really buttoned up in terms of privacy. You know, very important to all of us. We're going to need to be buttoned up in terms of, of security, and, and you really and, and users will have to be trained, right, to actually to, to, to use these new services uh, to understand that new user experience, right, this, this new padding. It's not intuitive. So. There's a clear intent there, uh, and I think that's actually a very practical, pragmatic way to get where we all hope uh, to be uh, a few years from now. Do you think we'll ever be at a point where there will also be a, a token or a biometric component to, to digital identity, or is that kind of too far off uh, in the crystal ball? Uh, I think, you know, it could be an option. You know, uh, somebody gave me a great example, which is the, the seatbelt. Uh, you know, like when you think of security measures, very often they are initially rejected because, you know, they, they, they create inconvenience. But over time, the, the public uh, start taking charge of their security and start understanding they have a, a real incentive to protect themselves. And to me, the seatbelt is a great example. I was, you know, I remember when the seatbelt, you know, my dad had the seatbelt in his car, but he would never wear the seatbelt in his car. Uh, today, if I, you know, if I try to go somewhere with my kid in the back, there is no way I'm, wearing, I'm not wearing my seatbelt. The, the kid will not even let me drive, right, <laughs> without the seatbelt. So I, I think that sometimes these things take time, but as people, and actually the very powerful thing about these uh, open ideas, this concept of user-centric identity, where the user takes charge of their identity. They are the ones who decide how much they want to disclose, if anything. They are the ones who decide the level of security. And as it becomes possible to have, you know, more, you know, more interesting types of interaction, a higher value type of interaction, uh, I think they'll, be, they'll get educated in terms of the risk and the need in, under some circumstances, right? Maybe when you pay, maybe when you vote, which are not, you know, daily events, but infrequent events, to have something that will protect them, right? Uh, and that's where you could see biometry. That's where you could see different form of token. I mean, could be tokens embedded in cell phones, could be tokens embedded in credit cards. Uh, it could be out of band uh, signaling and, 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 and code and so on and so forth. But I think uh, 
the security measures will be much more much easier to introduce once you have you know killer application that that drive them or like healthcare right like uh, like like voting right it's really the application that creates the need for 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 security and um, once you have the identity in place the application will, will follow and the application will drive the need for for more security and probably the use for higher form of uh, credentialing. I think there are reasons to applaud uh, from all the things I heard yesterday in the last few days. I think there's a very, very uh, interesting intent here, uh, both as a, as a citizen, this, this concept of open administration, open participation, I think is, is a fantastic concept. If it's the Obama's administration so well, it's very consistent with what we heard, you know, uh, during the, the campaign, obviously. So that, as a citizen, really true reason to be excited as a technologist, I think it's very exciting for OpenID. I mean, it's a huge recognition. Uh, in a sense, it's the potentially the very the first very large relying parties that are being deployed. You know, so far we had seen a lot of companies wanted to be identity providers, but very few uh, large sites saying, "I want to be a relying party. I want to accept these identities." This is what we're seeing here. We're seeing. You know, the government saying we want the government sites to be relying parties and accept external identity. Very exciting if you be in the identity and security space for years. Uh, it, it's a significant event. Could be a historical event. So, you know, again, as a technologist, I have to upload. And then finally, uh, last but not least, I think as a, as a very fine uh, employee and as a person who have been working on identity issues at VeriSign and building security and identity services, we feel, I think, particularly privileged and, and honored to be part of that initiative and being part of that pilot. Great. Well, uh, Nico, I'd like to thank you for uh, joining us in this latest edition of the Regarding ID podcast. Well, it was a pleasure, um, and I hope that a lot of you uh, listeners will uh, will register if they don't have an open ID from one of the supporting providers, and they will they will test the system uh, in September, and then will uh, they will drive the the success of the pilot. Great, thank you. Thank you.